Hey, South Bend City Church, we are so glad that you chose to join us today. And whether you are near or far, we just want you to know that we are so thankful that you are a part of our community here. Today is a really special day as we look at the we and we believe. As we work our way through the Apostles' Creed, we've been reminded that the story that it tells is a story that we can carry together as a community. And this week and next, we're hearing stories from the people who put the we in we believe. Before we get there, though, Jason is going to give another Tribune update. Two weeks ago, we shared where we are at and where we hope to be. And today, Jason gives an update after two weeks of inviting people to revise their current commitments or make a new one. All right, let's jump in with the rest of our community now. Good morning. Go Irish. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. We're honored that you are here. Uh, we're a Jesus community who is learning together how to follow him in the way of grace and peace for our city and the world. But one of the things that we've learned from Jesus that we see in him over and over again is that every kind of person finds themselves welcome at his table, uh, regardless of where they've come from or who they are or what they believe or don't believe. And so even as we as a community work out belief and faith with God and one another, we also um, take great joy in becoming the kind of place where wherever you land uh, on the spectrum of belief and doubt, um, however you relate to the story that we are learning together, uh, we're honored that you are here. So thank you for being here. Uh, I want to let you know about uh, one fresh update in the life of our community. It has to do with our pursuit of our future in this building, downtown South Bend. Uh, next summer, our lease here at Studebaker ends. And uh, in, in discerning our future, we landed on this printing press building in downtown South Bend that's been vacant for a while. Uh, thanks to many people showing up and being generous, we were able to buy the building this summer and we're pursuing uh, renovations in the building. Uh, two weeks ago, we gave you a fresh update on where we're at on the project and some new estimates of cost. And I want to kind of just remind you of that. But before I do, I want to make sure we remember the, the vision for this, the heart for this, which is that it be a, a, just a place for the people. That uh, the building that used to create the, the newspaper that called itself a paper for the people uh, would become a physical home for a whole life together, not just for our church but for anybody who uh, is part of South Bend. Uh, that means not just what happens on Sunday mornings uh, in a gathering just like this, uh, but also ways that we're dreaming about that building being used with community partners for the common good here in South Bend. Uh, it continues to appear that uh, early childhood of some sort might be the best way to use that space during the week, although that requires lots of uh, conversations with partners and discernment together about the exact nature of that. So we'll keep you updated as, as we keep figuring that out. Now. Um, what we also told you a couple of weeks ago is that in working out the project, uh, costs have gone up pretty dramatically, which is the life we're living right now in the current economic climate, and it has to do with supply chain issues and inflation and changes in energy code and a, a more sort of detailed analysis of how to go at the project, meaning that some of the phase two costs that we thought we would spend later in our life together to renovate parts of the building that we don't essentially need right now, some of those phase two costs have gotten relocated in phase one because it's actually more uh, frugal to do that, but it means more money up front. Right? So again, two weeks ago I told you that we were looking at a gap of about a million and a half dollars between um, there's what we've all committed to giving. And, and by the way, uh, members of South Bend City Church have already given about a million dollars to the project. And uh, yeah, our commitments that for what we will give between now and April 2024 uh, total uh, roughly like 1.7 million. And we combine that with a mortgage. Uh, we've chosen a, a prudent, frugal uh, amount of lending that is within our means for mortgage payments. 
Um, but uh, that gap is a real gap that we've been trying to cover. Uh, so in the last couple of weeks, we've invited people to make fresh commitments. Maybe you didn't have a chance to commit to the project when we started in the spring, uh, or maybe something changed on your end and you wanted to revise your commitment. We've also continued to work with the contractor and the designers to just ask all the questions we can ask about how we get into the building uh, within our means. And so here's the, the good news. The gap has shrunk in the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm really pleased. Yeah, yeah. We were looking at a gap of about a million and a half dollars. Today the gap is at 733,880. Yeah, that's, that's like half. That's really incredible. Uh, some of that's from new commitments, and most of that is from um, continuing to refine the plan for renovations and seeing where we can save money and the just infinite variability of the cost of things. Uh, like any given week, things cost different right now than they did the week before. We're going to continue to mind that carefully, explore all of our options with the contractor, um, and we're going to just keep figuring out how we get there together in a way that's uh, frugal and prudent and doesn't um, put our community in an unwise place financially. Uh, but we're really eager and excited to continue to pursue our life together uh, at the Tribune. Uh, as always, you can go to thetribuneproject.com. Uh, maybe you're new and you want to see what the whole project is about. Uh, there's some great images there. There's a, a film that tells the whole story. There's a lot of FAQs on the website that you can read. There's also... Um, th this past Friday was kind of a fresh deadline for revised and new commitments. However, you can always commit to the project, just so you know. Um, you can also make one-time gifts just by designating it for the Tribune Project. And my only other reminder before we get further into our gathering is that if you want to give to our general fund, um, that's how we pay for everything else in the life of our church. You can go online uh, to southlandcitychurch.com slash give. Uh, we're enormously thankful uh, for the generosity that makes all of this possible. Uh, you can also give in the uh, donation boxes as you walk out today. Sound good? Cool. Uh, since uh, early fall, we have been uh, working through a series called Old Creed, New World. Uh, Old Creed, uh, this ancient document from centuries ago called the Apostles' Creed, which offers an interpretation of the story of, of God, of faith, specifically the meaning of Jesus, uh, sort of in conversation with Scripture. And, and we've been trying to hear what it says to us and how it shapes us. And as we've done that, we've, we've tried to make a point of understanding what these first two words are saying, we believe. Uh, first of all, believe that when the Creed says we believe in God the Father or in Jesus Christ the Son or in the Holy Spirit, that the believe uh, doesn't necessarily have to be about the mental furniture in your head, um, the ideas that uh, you're firmly committed to, because frankly, all, at the level of the head, I think on any given day, some of us might have some questions. Um, and even if we are locked in at the level of the mind, um, we may fall short of actually trusting this story. But believe actually might be better rendered beloved to give your lover, your heart, or your trust to this story. And even in the Latin, the, the credo, the first word of the creed, actually means something closer to, I give my heart to this story, right? But then there's the word we, and that's really important too. If you've uh, been in faith communities that recite the creeds in the modern era, you've probably said, I believe. And a, a bunch of people say, I believe together. But uh, in the earliest iterations of these creeds, from what we can tell, they were actually spoken, we believe which I think actually is to say that, that any given day, any one of us might have a complicated relationship with this story, but that together we are learning to trust it. And maybe there are parts of the story that I can trust on your behalf today, and there are parts of the story that you can trust on my behalf today, but that something emerges in our togetherness around this story. Um, th then there's a moment in a letter that uh, Paul's written in the New Testament where Paul talks about what, what emerges, what happens when a whole group of people are learning to trust this story together. And the language he uses for it is, 
it, for me, it's like it's so expansive and inspiring and transcendent. It's right at the edge of my capacity from my own imagination. Uh, but I want to I stay there at the edge of my capacity from my imagination. Listen to how Paul describes the, the community that emerges when we learn to trust this. This is in the book of Ephesians. He says, uh, you are no longer foreigners and strangers because we are learning to trust the fact that we are welcome in this story with God. Right? It's called God Father, not stranger, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of God's household built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. And he means the building is you and me, right? And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I mean, that's beautiful and expansive, that, that a, a community of people learning to trust this story find that they together are becoming a dwelling place of the divine. Um, when I think about that for our community, I, I almost picture that we collectively are like a set of lungs in which the Spirit is breathing right here in the world and in our city. And so today um, we thought in, in the spirit of the creed, of a community that's been saying we believe for weeks on end now, what if we took, took a minute and just zeroed in on a we? Like, who's the we, right? And we don't you know, have time uh, on one Sunday morning to hear every story in the room, but we thought that's not a reason to hear a few stories or to not hear a few stories. And so like, let's like, I don't know, pluck out a few stories of actual um, life that shaped South and City Church and get to know each other a little bit more. So that's our plan this week and next week. And I could not be more excited for you to hear uh, from the people that you're going to hear from today. Um, so uh, let's get that started. Will you please welcome uh, Pam Blair and Bianca Torado. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's for you. Hi. That's for you. Welcome to the sacred rug. Some good mojo on this rug. You all don't know. There's some good mojo on this rug. Uh, thank you for being willing to do this, to share with us, to rearrange your morning, to talk to us. Um, let's just like, let's say you're at a dinner party and you meet somebody for the first time and they're like, hey, who are you? Where are you, you going to start? Pam, you want to get in? Oh. <laughs> of course, give it to me first. Um, well, I grew up, born and raised in Elkhart, Indiana, um, far, far land from here. Um, and I moved here in 91, so I've been here probably longer than I've lived in um, Elkhart. But I'm an only child, and I say that because I lived in a land of make-believe, and now I get the opportunity to... Um, bring all, you know, bring these uh, make-believe friends to life. So, uh, but yeah, I'm an artist. Um, I work for uh, the University of Notre Dame and the Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies. Um, but I'm an artist first and a lover for the arts. So, beautiful. What about you, Bianca? Awesome. So I'm originally from Chicago, and I moved here with my parents um, when I was like six years old. Um, I'm the oldest, so I have a younger sister. Um, we're five years apart. Um, I co-parent with my sister to raise my niece, Lillian, and I work in local government, and I've been in local government for the past five years. Nice. And you two are married. <laughs> we're still, like, basking in the afterglow because this is a recent development happened right here. Yeah, it's very, on the sacred rug, on the sacred rug. <laughs> 
That's right, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you found your way to SBCC. How did that story go? So this is my favorite story to tell. Um, so I work with the Common Council, and we do um, an, an initiative with our uh, local uh, pastors. It's called the Invocation Project. And so I reached out to Jason um, in 2018 um, to invite him to say a prayer for the city before a council meeting. And he came, and I was like, this is the most beautiful prayer I've ever heard, and I have to... No, it really it was so touching. Um, and I was like, I have to go see what Southman City Church is all about. And I came to a Thursday night gathering, and I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, Pam, like, we have to go. This is for us. This is where we're you supposed to You came and be. scouted without Pam, right? right? Is that right? Right. We'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and we were looking for um, a place, a church, and I was like, this is it, babe. This is it. And um, I brought her with me the next gathering, and the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, tell us, before we get to Pam's experience of all that, what was church background for you growing up? What, what kind of shaped all of that? So my mom is black, and my dad is Puerto Rican, and my mom is Baptist. My dad is Catholic. So you so can the imagine. The whole cocktail. The whole thing. <laughs> you can imagine how that was growing up. And... My mother really wanted us to choose our own background, and she understood the confusion at times. And I wanted a place, I wanted to be able to choose my spirituality and not have it be forced. So um, South Bend City Church, it's just, has really fulfilled that for me. That's beautiful. So you come home, you tell Pam, we got to go check this out. Pam, what was that like for you? Uh, she told me they had coffee. <laughs> good coffee. And good coffee. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, it's, honestly, that was the selling point, because I could get the coffee and drink it in the sanctuary. I'm like, yes. It's a whole new world, Pam. Uh, it's a whole new world. Something I was not growing up, didn't grow up with. Um, but I came up, I was, um, I grew up in a Baptist church for many, many years, sang on the, sang in the choirs, a part of everything you can imagine. Um, and then I was in a non-denominational uh, ministry for many, many years, uh, sang on the praise team and uh, did children's ministry. You didn't hear that, though. Um, <laughs> Karen Grant's um, taking notes right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> children's ministry and single mom ministry. Um, <clears throat> so there was so much beauty in, in that, and I needed that in order to get through some different areas of my life. Um, but there was also some really challenging and kind of hurtful things that happened. Um, and so I hadn't been going to anywhere for like five, six years, which was not like the norm. And so uh, coming into another place and being afraid that, you know, I might, you know, get hurt or, you know, was, was really challenging. And so I wasn't really feeling that. But, hey, you give me some coffee, I'm willing to... <laughs> Have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, so you talk a lot. I, I always wonder, um, I know that people walk into church with all kinds of different backgrounds and fears or hopes, and I think some people, the first time you walked through those doors right over there was probably easy, and for other people it was probably really hard, really brave. Um, and you mentioned, like, you know, some hurts from the past and all that. And I was curious to ask, even at a more, like, zoomed-in point, like, for each of you, the first time you literally walked through those doors, if we could, like, pause the film 
the, the minute before your foot stepped in. Uh, I wonder, and I take an inventory in that moment of what you were thinking or feeling, um, because I know a lot of other people here have had a, their own experience of that. How, how would you describe that moment? How, where were you mentally, emotionally, or spiritually before you walked in? So when I first pulled up, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I got lost, first and foremost. <laughs> How many people got lost their first time coming to our front door? Yeah. We don't make it easy. I know. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a Thursday, and I had a rough week. And I was like, God, let this be the place. Mm. Um, and I needed something to help me. I was Something was missing, and I just knew that this was going to fulfill that. And I also needed something good to take back to Pam <laughs> to get her here. Yeah. Um, but I was just pray. I just prayed, like God, let this be the place for me to belong, for us to belong. And here we are. Yeah, yeah. Pam, what about you? Like uh, Bianca comes home, says, "I found something," and then you come with her at some point. What was that first night like for you? Besides the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was. You know, you come with all kinds of ideals. And I, again, like I said, I came from, you know, a church where, you know, people are standing up and clapping and, you know, the music is rocking and bumping. And, <laughs> and I wasn't kind of like getting there at the, first. The Thursday in. nights were pretty sleepy around here back uh, in the day. Well, yeah. It was just a little more like, you know, feeling and, you know. <laughs> um, and so that was, it was, it was different, but I could, the heart behind what you were talking about, and I could feel um, the love and, and the belonging that you were trying to create. And that stuck the most, because sometimes when you're in ministry and you're doing those things all the time, those things kind of become a god to you, you know? Okay. So it's, it can be all about the music and nothing about the, the, uh, the word that's being shared in this place. And so, um, yeah, a, kind of a reverse effect and then you begin to love the music, mm. so. Yeah, um, why'd you stay? I mean, that's a little bit of why'd you stay, but I'm curious. I think a lot of people have had to kind of think all over again, kind of in the wake of the pandemic and coming back together about, you know, what's gonna be part of the life that we're gonna build. And it's pretty clear for you too, like this, this continues to be a part of that. Was there a fresh reckoning or was it, um, a non-negotiable, or is it something that you guys kind of came back to reconsider? I would say the mantras mm. for me was a huge selling point um, because a place that we have been, we're, we're here and we're here to be our true authentic selves, and how do we show up for other people, right? Practices, not performances. How do we genuinely show up and be kind? And that's something that throughout my Throughout attending different churches, I have not felt that. And that's why I stayed, because that is the word. And I, that's how I show up um, in, in our family and, and others. Like, how do I show up and be my true authentic self and be a servant to them? Yeah, and if you don't know the mantras that Bianca's referring to, they're illustrated in those uh, paintings. But these are four sort of commitments that we've landed on about how we walk together, everyone in Icon, fields not factories, practices not performances, sushi not fish stew. We, we won't bore you with preaching them all now, but those have been meant to really hold our feet to the fire on the way that we walk together. What about you, Pam? Um, mine will be really basic, like why do you keep showing up? Yes. 
you like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it resonates with you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a part of my heart, I feel a part of my heart here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of work that, um, that I've done in the past uh, at St. Mary's College and at Notre Dame has been justice mm-hmm. um, work and, and racial reconciliation. And so I hear that here. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear that, you kind of like, oh, like, mm-hmm. hey, let's be friends, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and the same reason that you keep showing up at McDonald's for whatever, you know, it's because you like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Um, tell us a little bit about your life outside these walls. Tell us more about your passions and sense of calling, because you both walk in the world, I think, with a really clear sense of, of conviction about who you are and what you're here to do in the world. We'd love to hear about that. So outside of church, um, I'm an advocate, so I'm always, you know, I have a servant heart, so I'm always caretaking in a sense. Um, I take care of my niece, um, who's special needs. Um, we, I do a lot with my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, so we are a service to all mankind. Um, we just got married, so somewhere in there we're trying to work that figure, out, work that yeah. out and um, enjoy each other. Um, but this is a year of transition for us. Um, so many good things are happening and that are about to happen. So um, how do we show up for each other um, and be, be married? I mean, we've been together for nine years, but we've entered a new chapter. And we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. I also, I've heard you describe the way that the advocacy shows up in your professional work. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that again, because I think your heart um, really shows up there, too. Um, So I work with the Common Council, and so much of my work is catering to residents and showing up for residents, problem solving. Um, We meet residents from so many different backgrounds, um, and they have different needs. And so how do I work with our elected officials to make sure that we address those needs efficiently. Um, I love policies um, and structure, so I help the council uh, create policy and um, enforce that policy um, through administration. I love it, it's beautiful. Pam, tell us a little bit about your, how you show up in the world, your sense of calling in the world. Um, an artist, yeah. so I always say like I'm a born artist, um, visual artist first because that was my first love. Um, and then I love music, so I DJ, um, and then uh, I do poetry in the area. So for the last 10 years, I've done poetry in the city every month mm-hmm. um, at the Civil Rights Heritage Center. And what I've learned through all of this is that I get to meet so many different people. And through the poetry part, uh, not only like DJing, you know, you bring good music to people, but it, with the poetry part, I've been able to make create a welcoming space organically, like seriously, like just making it open to anybody. And we've seen so many people come through there, so many people that have like written for the first time or not written or just, you know, the tears and all the stories that they share through poetry has been just numerous. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's beautiful. And so um, those are the ways that I get to, you know, share um, my passion, my heart. Um, I do a lot of like art at Artbeat in the summertime and the amount of paintings that I've sold, I'm like, if I can get in everybody's house before <laughs> I leave this earth, That's awesome. I will live forever. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's so obvious to me um, how the way that you both show up in the world um, is its own expression 
of the things that we're trying to work out together here, um, love for God, love for one another, um, whether it's, you know, working city government or uh, like the way that you're shepherding artists. Um, I know a number of, of the other poets who show up in that space, and I know what it's done in them, the impact it's had, and that's a credit to the space that you've created. Um, there's like healing happening um, by you creating a, a vessel for other people's voices to show up. So um, it's so fun to celebrate you two. And um, one of the virtues of today and next week is I think those of us who are like on the staff team or in leadership here often are, have access to more of the stories in the room just through our life together. And so we kind of every week get to benefit from stories like these and the, the kind of joy that comes from knowing that the life of God is at work out there in the world every day in jobs and families. Um, but it's fun for you all to get to hear a little more of that. Um, I thought it'd be great to ask you both uh, a version of a table question that we ask. So we have table groups in our church that meet for meals and conversation. And one of the questions we often ask each other at the table is simply, what do you want? Because desire is a really powerful thing, especially when you make room to tap into those deepest desires for what you want for yourself or for life or for the world. And we thought we'd do a version of that in these conversations, but specifically around a couple of arenas. So for the two of you, we, I really wanted to hear, what do you want for SBCC? Like when you think about who we are and what we're called to be and growing up into that and living up to that, how do you see that? And then uh, what do you want for the city of South Bend, um, for everybody who calls South Bend home? So you want to take one of those each? I guess I'll take the city of South Bend. <laughs> um, my hope and prayer has always been that our residents feel a, a place of belonging in the city. And how do we as local government create that space for them and include all of them in that space. Love it. What about you, Pam? Uh, my heart for um, South Bend City Church is that the people um, that find themselves here will continue. I said this earlier this morning that um, to keep you all in prayer, first and foremost, um, those in leadership, because it's, it's a big responsibility, it's a big deal. Um, and yeah. So there's that part of it, and, and that people will always feel welcome here, whether it's they're just visiting with their family or whether they're, you know, in school for four years and they come here, or whether um, they're here for a long term, or whether they move away, that um, they'll always know that they were welcome here um, and that that will be a continual trend. Um, I think that is the heart of, like, how people show up for you, um, spiritually, financially, um, and every, physically, and everything else that comes behind that. So that's my, my biggest prayer, is that God will continue to have his hand on your life, speak to you as regards to what you need to do for this congregation okay. and for the city. I, I know I speak for all of us who have our hands in leading here, that we will gladly receive those prayers. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, I'm so grateful for you jumping in here, sharing your story with us. You want to say thanks to them? Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Big fan of these two. Uh, up next, uh, I'm so eager for you to uh, get to know this next uh, beloved friend a little bit. Uh, we first met a few years ago, I think on her first Sunday here. And um, since then, I just keep thinking I want more people uh, to experience the joy of uh, a little bit of Barbara Young in their lives. So will you please welcome Barbara Young?
and that's for you. Barbara, welcome to the Sacred Rug. Thanks for uh, giving us your morning. You're usually here for one of our gatherings, but you've given us the whole morning. We'll hear more in a minute, perhaps, about what else you often do on a Sunday morning. Uh, but let's just start right in. Uh, tell us a little bit about like, who you are, where you're from, uh, what has you in South Bend. Okay, I'm a retired minister. I've, uh, I've lived around in various, I've lived in 10 states. So I grew up for my first uh, 18 years in South Dakota as a, in a family that, where my parents were actually homesteaders yeah. and uh, were farmers and ranchers right off of the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. There were 14 children. 14. And I'm the ninth. Ninth of 14. <clears throat> What's this uh, sibling gender breakdown? Four boys and 10 girls. Wow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot to that. You know, in this room, a lot of my aunts and uncles had these big families too, so we populate a lot of this country. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your pastoral work, um, even here in South Bend. What, it, what brought you here and what have you done here? Well, I was a minister here at Unity Church of Peace for 10 years, came in 1983, left in about just about 1993, and I was gone 10 years, and then I was asked to come back, and I was for six more years, and then I retired. Uh, if people aren't familiar with Unity Church, how would you describe um, wow. the heart of that church? We called ourselves Practical Christianity. And uh, it's really, I used to describe it as Christian mysticism. Mm -hmm. So it's very inclusive. Everyone is a child of God. No exceptions. And so we just welcomed and embraced everyone. It was a joyful, very joyful community. And uh, I hope I can sort of just leave it at that. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember, um, so there's people like me, roughly my age, or faith experience, like, you know, uh, hipster millennial, post-evangelical types. Um, post-evangelical. Yeah, and, and like I know there a lot of us, uh, a lot of my colleagues and friends in this church, have, there, there's some voices that we've like latched onto in the last decade or so. Like one of those voices is a Franciscan priest named Richard Rohr, and I think a lot of us thought that we were really cutting edge when we found Rohr, only to discover that people like Barbara and her church were reading Rohr like 30 years ago, I think. Is that right? <laughs> well, Richard Rohr's book, The Universal Christ, is pretty descriptive of unity. Yeah, got it's it. It's just the yeah. most wonderful book. That's awesome. I'd really recommend it if you haven't read it. Barbara, I asked you this uh, at the 9 a.m. gathering with trepidation, knowing the faux pas that it is, and yet I don't care because I think it's so inspiring. Will you tell us how old you are? Oh, I'm going to be 86 December 15th. 86. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Tell us a little bit then about what brought you to SBCC that first day. Um, what was going on? How'd you get here? Well, I got here mm -hmm. by my friend Katie Steele, mm -hmm. whose birthday is today. Oh, happy birthday, Katie. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. We were, we were doing a little church shopping mm -hmm. for some time. And I, you know, when you're a pastor and you're on every Sunday, you don't get to visit other churches. So I had been doing some exploring. 
And uh, Katie said, let's, try, let's go in here and let's try this one. She had already come. And so here I am. Yeah, that's right. Guys, I'll, this is true. I'll never forget Barbara's first Sunday. Um, first of all, she was sitting right over here, which is where you typically sit at the 11. And I was up here preaching, and, I, and I'm, this is very genuine. I just, in the middle of the preaching, I'm like, I don't know who that is, but they're sending me so much love right now. Like, there was just this um, feeling in your eye contact and your body language. It felt like you were cheering us on. And I just felt that in a way that I, I don't typically get feeling vibes from you all out there. So don't worry. I'm not, like, scanning you individually. It's okay. Receiving messages. This really it was a very unique experience that I had. And then you, I think we found each other after the gathering, and you said to me, do you remember? Well, first of all, I did ask you also, what's your background? You know, and I said, are you evangelical? And you said, post-evangelical. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that was great. But um, I, prompt me what you're... I think, I think you said, I think you said... I think I know what you're doing here. Yep. I said, and I was like, oh, I said tell me, what do, you, what do you think we're doing here? Yeah. What, and what did you mean by that? Well, I saw the openness and the inclusiveness. And really, Jason, your preaching is amazing because it's so heartfelt. Oh, God. It's so good. It's so current. It's so... Um, the message is love, you know, and it's like following Jesus. You know, not talking about Jesus or all that stuff. I mean, just wanting to embrace the teaching and live it. And it's so very important. That's beautiful, and I Barbara. Just I, I appreciate you. We, we have the benefit here, right, of um, this kind of like positive feedback loop, which is we're all helping each other figure that out, right? And I'll just say, like, I know that um, what happens to come through me and, and my part of our project is in so many ways a reflection of what's coming out of this. You know, it's yeah. this beautiful feedback loop that just kind of repeats itself and we just need to keep tending to it, right? Yeah. What, uh, what, what, uh, what keeps you coming? Um, you've been pretty regular here with us for a while now. Oh, yes. I have been and I intend to be. <laughs> the same thing. I'm with, with you on this. I support you in what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, having your own places is going to be great because yeah. I've been in places where I was, it wasn't our real home and so forth. But to have a real home and then to be so inclusive of everyone and wanting to bring in this message, this message needs to be out there. Um, tell us a little bit more about your current life outside of Sunday mornings here. You've got a lot going on. You're involved in so much. Share some of that with us. Well... I taught for a couple of semesters at uh, Forever Learning, and I co-taught with a Catholic nun. And so I'm in, I became friends with nuns, and I also became friends of people at Holy Cross. And so some, well, almost every Sunday morning, I go to the Loretta Church before I come here. Mm -hmm. Double and, dipping on Sundays, I love where it. I, yeah. You know, I love church, so <laughs> most people don't understand going to church. And, um, and, and, of course, I wouldn't go there unless it was real. there's a really wonderful energy there of love. And so I also belong to a woman's group of Muslim, Christian, and Jewish people because I'm 
interested in other religions and always and I have studied some of them and I and I'm very interested in our coming together and we share so much we do and uh, I'm in faith in Indiana and I'm in another group of uh, a zoom group and we do we have gotten together some too of a black church and the Loretto community some of them and we're dialoguing and um, let me see some of the other things. I still do pastoral work. Some I visit the hospital for people if I'm called or told that I could. And um, I do some taking people to the doctor and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I keep busy. You do. You keep. I, Barbara can wear me out sometimes when I try to keep up with <laughs> what else she's up to. I, one thing I love and admire about what seems to be the the effect of all of that is the, the, the kind of the spirit that you bring um, here and elsewhere. There was a Sunday, I don't know, maybe, I don't know when, a year ago or something like that, a random Sunday where uh, I was out here in the lobby area between the gatherings and I was just kind of chatting with a couple of other church members, a couple of women. We were all three had come in with the same feeling of kind of heaviness. Uh, it's just one of those weeks where, we have so many weeks like this, I know, but it was one of those weeks where political developments or other catastrophes or tragedies had just kind of all come at us, and I think we were lamenting together. And I, I think one of the women I was talking to actually said, I just, I just need somebody to tell me that there's some hope right now. And I'm not kidding. At that moment, Barbara Young, Barbara Young walks in through the door and sees us, glowing the way she usually glows. And I say, hey, Barbara, I don't know if you know these two friends of mine. And so we chat for a moment, and Barbara says, I just have to tell you. And then she begins to just say the ways that she's seen God at work in the world, some of the beauty that you've seen. It was like a prophetic moment in the way that it met our conversation. And I'll just say, I think the reason it was so credible to me is your life and experience. Like, you're not someone who, when you, when you see the good in the world, it's not that you're not deeply invested in the work of peacemaking and justice. You're in there all the way. And then around and beyond and within all of that, you seem to have this capacity to see the good. Um, and I think a lot of us could use more of that, especially from a, a voice as credible as your own. I cry at the news sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I watch the news and I do cry sometimes. Yeah. But I also have this really strong belief that good is so much more prevalent and stronger and everywhere, in people, and in, there's just so much goodness that the news gives us the worst. And, and that's their business, I guess. But um, that we can know, just think of your own life and the good people that you know. And remember that, because that goodness is there. And it will not be overwhelmed by the other. That's so good. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Barbara, when you think about the community of South Bend City Church and you, and you dream of us being who we should be and growing up into that and continuing in the things that we're called to. What do you want for South Bend City Church? Well, I want what you want. <laughs> I want it to be there, beautiful, having your own, having your own place. Mm -hmm but to be able to offer to the community and to be so visible 
it's going to be wonderful mm -hmm. because this message needs to be out there mm -hmm. and it will be. Mm -hmm. I really believe that it will be. And I'm, I have a lot of confidence in you and your team because, and I don't want to forget to mention the music. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it wonderful? And the joy. So it's going to sell itself. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara, I love you. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community. Will you say thank you to Barbara? Up next, uh, before I introduce our next guest, I'll explain uh, the uh, Sam who's here filming uh, is here because of our next guest. They had a Sam from L.A. Yeah. I'm probably completely ruining Verite documentary film, right? I'm completely blowing your premise. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, but more about uh, Sam and the documentary work in a moment. But will you please next welcome Annika Barron. Welcome. Annika, welcome to the Sacred Rug. It's very exciting. Uh, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you're up to right now. Yeah, so I'm originally not from South Bend. I'm from Wheaton, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Some of you may have heard of it because of Wheaton College. Um, so that's where I grew up my whole life um, until I came to Notre Dame. So I'm actually a student at Notre Dame right now studying neuroscience and behavior and global affairs with a concentration in peace studies. Is that um, all? That's it? <laughs> Yeah, we like to have a long list of a lot of words, but there's so many things to learn. So um, <laughs> so that's what I'm up to right now. So my day-to-day -day life is probably a little bit different than many of you, um, going to the library to study most of the time. But uh, it's been really great to be a part of South Bend City Church and have that kind of be part of my community here in South Bend. Um, a little bit about my home and my family. I have two sisters, one of which is sitting right over there. Hi, Linnea. <laughs> um, and we grew up in going to an evangelical free church down the street from our house, um, along with a lot of our family members, extended family. Um, that's actually where my parents met in sixth grade. So that's definitely a big part of my community back home. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what year are you? I forgot this last time. I'm a junior. I'm a junior this junior? year, so this is my third year here. Yeah, and you're living on campus. What dorm are you in? I live in Farley Hall on yeah. campus. Go finest, if anyone knows. <laughs> so uh, sisters were a part of your connection to SBCC, but can you tell us a little bit more about uh, your first time getting here and what that was like? Yeah, so my older sister started coming to South Bend City Church before me, so I had known a little bit about the community before I uh, came to Notre Dame. Uh, my first year was during COVID, so I started out listening to the podcast, and then uh, once we started doing services at Four Winds Field, I was able to come to a couple of those, which was super great, cold at times, but good. <laughs> um, it was definitely a little bit of a struggle sometimes to get around from campus to um, the services, but we were really lucky to have some great people from South Bend City Church come to the library and pick us up and hey, then nice. share a little bit about their stories. Um, so that was kind of how I got involved here. And it was really great, especially during COVID too, and starting first year of college, just to have a place to come that's off campus, but to kind of have some of those hard conversations about, you know, the pandemic is hard and what are we going to do about it? And then how are we going to realistically continue to show up? Um, 
in our community. So that was super great. That's awesome. Um, you've got some passion uh, that's driving uh, your life right now, and it shapes where you're headed next. And it's also uh, why we're, we're capturing this for documentary film. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to right around the corner. Um, yeah, so just starting off, one of the things that I found in college is this, that I really care about this idea of the common good, which is basically the idea that um, the good of a community depends on the well-being and the flourishing of each member of that community. Um, and so that's kind of driven me to be interested in many things. I mean, if we sat down for dinner, I could tell you about many, many things that I'm interested in. Um, but one of the things in college that I've really discovered to be in my mind, one of the biggest challenges to the common good is the climate crisis that we're facing right now. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so when I think about, like at first when I was thinking about it, it's something my older sister's super passionate about, it's something my younger sister's super passionate about, and I was like, mm, I'm I wanna go to med school, I don't need to care about this. Um, but really as I learned more, as I read some of the reports about the things that could happen as a result of this climate crisis, it really became clear to me that this is something that everyone needs to care about and should care about, um, especially because it's one of those big challenges that really it's going to take all hands on deck um, worldwide for us to kind of combat this. Um, and then also just kind of thinking from a spiritual perspective as well of this calling to care for the climate and care for our communities. You know, in Genesis um, 2, it says that we're called to till the earth and to care for the garden that God has created and not to extract from it. And then later on in the New Testament, um, Jesus talks continually about loving our neighbors. And I know that's something that we really care about here at, here at South Bend City Church. But something that I've found is that those two things, you know, they can't be mutually exclusive, um, especially considering the way that our neighbors here in the United States and then also worldwide are already being impacted by, you know, some of the devastation that's happening in our climate and in our environment, whether that's floods or droughts or forest fires. Um, so just really kind of that led me to think about the ways that I can better care for my community by caring about the environment. So, all that being said, um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but this week is actually the start of the COP27 Climate Conference, which is happening in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. And what that is, is it's a gathering of world leaders, um, as well as civil society actors from around the world to kind of discuss the climate crisis and the state that it's in, as well as um, solutions that we can work towards to help kind of deal with this crisis. So I've actually been given a really, really awesome opportunity to attend um, the conference in Egypt starting next yeah, week. Amazing. Yeah, with, um, thank you. <laughs> um, but I'm going with a Christian Climate Observers Program. So I'm traveling there with a group of Christians from around the world. And basically our goal is to just kind of represent what a faith perspective looks like in these conversations. Um, a lot of times talking about the climate, it can feel really, really hopeless um, and frustrating as people are discussing the best ways to go about it. But my hope is that by kind of representing God's love and how that is driving us to care for the climate, we'll be able to bring a little bit of hope into these conversations and hopefully um, encourage people to take some real action towards solving the climate crisis. So that's where I'm headed. Sam's coming with, which will be super great to capture some of the action. <laughs> um, so that's where I'll be headed later this week. That's amazing. Uh, in a moment, yeah, that's great, right? In a moment, we're actually going to um, pray and bless Annika for that trip and kind of 
stack hands together as a community to be supportive of that. Um, but we'd love to ask you specifically uh, the question of what you want at two levels. One is uh, for the people of Southland City Church, those who are in the room right now, those who are listening on the podcast. Uh, what do you hope for us in terms of how we'll live out faith in the way of Jesus uh, at the intersection of climate change? And then also like the church at large, when you kind of think about the world and the way that followers of Jesus show up, what do you hope for that? Yeah, so I'll start off with kind of like the broader church perspective. Um, one of the things that I really hope is just that churches join in the conversation. I've been, I've been super grateful that here at South Bend City Church, this isn't a topic that we've shied away from, even though it's kind of a big problem that can seem scary at times, but I think it's super important to talk about, you know, the moral reasoning of why it's so important to take care of the planet. Um, and then also just to bring in that perspective and that motivation of um, this is the world that was created for us to live in and we're going to take care of it and protect it. Um, and also protect it for our neighbors and not just for ourselves. Um, so I think that that's a really important part of the conversation that churches can bring. And I'm hopeful that um, in the future, more people will join into that conversation. And then on a personal level, and these are, these are still things that I'm working to do too. I mean, I don't nearly have it all figured out, but um, just kind of taking the time to reflect on your own position in terms of thinking about the ways that you yourself are caring for your environment through your everyday life. So that might be, you know, bringing a tote bag to the grocery store, finding ways to reduce your meat consumption. Um, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but I've found something over the last couple months as I've been preparing to go to Egypt, just kind of taking the time to reflect on the ways that the environment is connected to our neighbors and our communities um, has really challenged me to think twice about my actions in everyday life, just the ways that you know, these small things that might make life a little bit more convenient for me um, might actually have harmful impacts later on down the road. I would also definitely encourage you, like we talked about this a couple weeks ago as we were going through the creed of finding ways to have encounter with nature and the world around us. Um, over the summer, I actually got this really cool opportunity to work on a farm in Chicago. And that was really a great way for me to just see, like, as plants are growing, just how amazing and miraculous that is. So I would definitely encourage you to kind of find ways to get out and encounter nature and encounter your community. Um, and then just, again, reflect on how those things are all connected and how you can better show up for creation and for your community. Yeah, amazing. Those are good challenges for us. Uh, Annika, we would love to take a minute to just uh, sort of bless you to pray for you as you head to Egypt. Um, so the way that we're going to do this, I'm going to hop over here. Uh, if you want to stand with me, that's great. Um, and then church, I'll, I'll offer a brief prayer for Annika, and then we've got um, a blessing on the screen that uh, if you're willing and would like to, you'll join me in speaking this blessing to her as a chance for us to ex exercise some, some solidarity with Annika and the work that she's doing. Sound good? Cool. Uh, loving God, we thank you for Annika and the work that she and many others are doing. Um, responding to your call to love and steward the world around us and to love our neighbors by ensuring that it's a world where every kind of person can flourish. Uh, I pray for her that as she uh, sets off on this trip for safe travels and for um, favor to meet her every step of the way, I pray that she would sense your presence uh, working in her and through her, uh, your joy um, over her life, and that seeds will be planted this week uh, in her and in the world at large that will grow into really good things. And so we pray, trusting uh, your presence and your love in the name of Christ. And in church, uh, let's offer this blessing together. Annika, may the grace and peace of God be with you. May the goodness and mercy of God follow you. 
May the prayers of this church family support you, and may your work bear good and lasting fruit in your life and in the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's say thanks to Annika. Yeah, what a wonderful morning. We're going to finish up by singing together. So if you're able, would you stand and join us? Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You are speaking truth to power. You are laying down. as we sing about peace, I just wanted to take time to pray for the members of our community that are actually heading to Israel-Palestine coming up. We had the opportunity to send off Annika, and I would love to take time to do that for the dozen or so members of our community that are traveling there. Uh, they're traveling there through Telos, and basically they're going there to learn about how to follow the peacemaking way of Jesus in conflict. And we want to pray for them because they're investing time and energy and financial resources in an experience that won't just help them grow, but will hopefully help us grow as a community as well. And so we also as a church, whether you know it or not, have invested in this financially by our past Christmas offerings. So this is very much a group effort. And uh, so they leave this Saturday and they return shortly before Thanksgiving. Uh, if you are in the room and you're heading on this trip, I don't, I, we didn't plan this. So if you're heading on this trip, would you just raise a hand, give a wave? Uh, we've got some staff members going and some community members as well. And so as we pray right now together, uh, would you just picture those faces in your mind as we send them off? God, I just thank you for this group of people who are investing their time and their resources to better themselves and to better understand the way of Jesus both on a global level, but then also hopefully bring that back on a local level as well. We pray for safety. We pray for peace. Uh, we pray uh, that you would just surround them. God, would you work in their hearts and their minds? Would you expand their thinking and their experience in a way that betters us all and betters them? 
and uh, that we as a community can better represent you uh, in conflict and in the way that we choose to make peace. Uh, God, thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's finish by singing this song together uh, as we finish up this morning. Thanks again to Elena and Pam and Bianca and Barbara and Annika for sharing their stories with us, right? Yeah. Uh, may we discover together uh, the temple that's being built in our midst, that a divine dwelling is expanding and emerging, and that God is breathing through us together in the world. And may grace and peace be with you. And also with you. Amen. Love you all. See you soon.